Majora's Mask. Book Two. Corruption. Chapter 10. Choo Choo Jelly. Link had finally conquered Clocktown's great city walls. The sunrise spilled a vibrant orange over the baby blue, cloudless sky, and aside from that spectacular view, Termino Field wasn't very extraordinary. It doesn't even come close to Hyrule Field, Link thought. He'd only seen Termino Field once before when he'd ventured through the sewers to the astronomer's home. The observatory was far off to the left, next to a tree line running parallel to the south face of Clocktown. The field itself was void of trees, except for a wide, hollowed-out log in the distance. The other cardinal directions outside of Clocktown were not visible from here. He stood on a sidewalk that surrounded the enclosed city. An old staircase led into the field. It eventually reached a dirt path that cut through the tree line. Link wielding a bag with a shield sticking out of it and a sword in his left hand, took another step forward. His clothing was still far too big, and his feet were too small for his boots. Hardly two steps in, and he was already uncomfortable. The Deku scrub held up his arms, annoyed at the excess clothing bunching up at his sleeves. Ugh, my tunic feels like a gown. Um, you know, Tattle said, exiting the southern gate beside him. Something tells me that's not supposed to be a dress. I don't get it, Link squeaked. When the skull kid turned me into this, my form came with clothes that fit. Why wouldn't the Deku mask do the same thing? Hmm, maybe we should go back and ask the skull kid to redo it. Link glared up at her and then back to his oversized Kokiri outfit. <sighs> I'll take the mask off when we get to those witches. Then I'll never have to put it on again. Let's hope not, Tattle responded. Baby voice Link isn't my favorite. Which way do we go? Um, hmm. Tattle floated in front of him, distracted for only a minute by the overturned log. Straight off the path and through the trees, if we're going through the swamp. If that's where the witches are, then yes. Link walked from the sidewalk, down the old staircase and into the field, his shoes flopping along with his bag. Even the sword in his left hand was harder to hold up. It kept falling too low and hitting the grass. Tattle did a poor job hiding her judgmental smirk. <laughs> you might have some trouble getting to the swamp like that, she said. Not everyone in Termina is a hospitable fairy. Which wouldn't be a problem if you were an able-bodied human, but as a baby Deku scrub... <sighs> I'll be fine, Tattle. Link pushed onward, stepping over the grass quickly despite his handicaps. Tattle sighed and followed closely behind. 
The tree line ended eastward somewhere past the observatory. To the west, it ended at a passageway bordered by rocky cliff sides. The dirt road led that way, but Link wandered off it to head into the forest. Hopefully, these legendary witches would ease the dull pain in his chest. Ah, before it becomes something much worse, Link thought. At the entrance to the forest, the fairy stopped at another dead tree. Oh, I remember this, Tattle exclaimed. Link begrudgingly halted. The shield was already unbearably heavy. He saw her point to a crude white drawing driven into its bark. He easily recognized it as a drawing of the Skull Kid. Two white balls of light were on either side. They looked close enough to be friends, and Link understood for the first time that they had been. The Skull Kid was always an enemy in his book. But that's only half the story, Link realized. Tail and I drew this with the Skull Kid when we first met him, she explained. He told us that he'd been fighting with his friends and that they had left him all alone. I'm sure it was because he was always playing tricks, so nobody wanted to play with him. But to do what he did just because of that? She turned away from the drawing and then looked down at the Deku scrub. <sighs> and once he got his power... She never finished her sentence. More proof that that mask is responsible for all of this. Link opened his mouth to comment. A mass of red muck knocked him to the ground before he could. He managed to hold onto his sword, but the bag fell from his shoulder. Link scrambled to his feet to face his attacker. It had two eyes on stems that protruded from its body and a threatening teeth-bared grin. And that was it. The rest was just red muck. It summoned all its weight into the air again, leaping several feet. It didn't appear capable of doing much else, given its lack of legs and arms. Its only method of attack was to fling its body into enemies. <laughs> what is that? Link squeaked, backing a step further as the creature took another giant leap. <sighs> that would be a choo-choo, Tattle said distastefully. Ah, a red one. They weren't really all that annoying to me and Tail, but when Skull Kid joined our group, we had to watch out for them until he got that mask and started blasting them into bits. It flopped forward again, and Link kept his sword at the ready. However, the choo-choo stopped when it reached Link's fallen possessions. Those grotesque eyes blinked stupidly at the brown bag. It bent down and slipped inside the flap. <coughs> Link exclaimed. My ocarina's in there! He stepped forward to intervene, but a disturbing slurping noise interrupted him. He watched as a choo-choo hopped back out and pulled the shield with it. The metal weapon stuck halfway from its mouth in a failed attempt to eat it. It started hopping away regardless, as if the shield wasn't hanging out of its body obtrusively. Link watched in disgust. <laughs> yeah, they're not very smart. Just... Annoying, the fairy said, flying over to the red creature. Uh, hey! Tattle landed right in front of the choo-choo's face. It stopped hopping, looked at her with blank, clueless eyes. Why don't you just let that thing go, huh? It responded by making the slurping noise again, and then the whole shield slipped through its mouth. The red creature expanded to make room for the weapon, and then it continued hopping away regardless of the fairy and scrub. 
Link's shield remained visible through its translucent body. Uh, hey! Link screamed again. He ran after it, grabbing his bag as he sprinted by. He checked to find his ocarina and scabbard still inside. The red choo-choo looked back to see Link in pursuit and started hopping faster. The Deku scrub caught up easily, but instead of stabbing the creature, he came up with another plan. Ha! You're about to be more useful than you've ever been your entire life! Link grabbed his bag's long straps, spun them over his head, and threw them out like a lasso. They fell around the choo-choo's eye stems and stopped the beast immediately. Link dropped his sword to fasten the straps around its eye stems. Soon, the choo-choo was unable to break free. Link's shield remained suspended inside. Um, what are you doing? Tattle asked skeptically. Finding myself a little helper, Link answered, backing away from the choo-choo. It looked around obliviously and tried to hop away. Link pulled back on the makeshift leash and stopped the creature from going anywhere. It turned around confusedly, clearly unable to comprehend why it couldn't leave. Link slipped out of his boots and tossed them over to his pet. The choo-choo eagerly swallowed those two, adding them to its internal collection. Link then bundled the rest of the bag into a ball, since only his ocarina and scabbard were inside now. He pulled the bag forward as the red choo-choo devoured his shoes, forcing the creature along. My shield's too heavy, Link explained, when Tattle still seemed skeptical. And my boots don't fit. I'll just let him carry my stuff until we get there. Um, it might work, Tattle said doubtfully. If something else doesn't kill it before we get there, or it gets away... It won't get away, Link said, continually stopping its escape attempts. The choo-choo kept squirming for freedom, and Link tugged on the bag relentlessly. Link, it's not going to work, Tattle said. It's just a stupid animal. It doesn't know to follow you. Nothing you do- Hey! The red choo-choo unexpectedly attacked her, but the fairy narrowly avoided a full body slam. The red glob immediately turned to face her again, and this time Tattle was prepared to dodge it. It happened a third and fourth time, and Link did nothing but watch with his slack leash. Why aren't you stopping, stop it, stopping it from attacking me? Link only met her pleas with a smile, while Tattle flew to dodge yet another attack. Hey! She yelled. Are you listening? I am, Link said. But I think this might be the only way. Can't you just lead it in the right direction? You know, let it jump after you so that it'll follow us? Tattle searched the scrub's face for a joke as she dodged another attack. Wait, Tattle stammered. You're being serious. Link, I refuse to be choo-choo bait. Tattle, please. He smiled up at her, waiting for a response. The white fairy only stared back. She was finally high enough to avoid any further attacks, but the red choo-choo kept jumping up and down for her regardless. She sighed. <sighs> and to think I was about to jump in front of a lightning bolt for you. Tattle went closer to the choo-choo, who immediately leapt after her. Soon, she got the hang of its speed, leading the choo-choo further into the forest as it carried Link's shield and boots. <sighs> Thanks, Tattle. No problem, Link, she said bitterly, once again flying just out of reach of the choo-choo's next leap. The Deku scrub held onto the loose, makeshift leash as they ventured further into the forest. Link stopped when pain shot through his chest. His hand instantly went to grab the wound, and he peered through the hole in his tunic. The black mark had grown, but not by much. 
When Link stopped, the red choo-choo's next leap was violently interrupted by the now immobile leash. Tattle looked behind her. What's wrong? Even the choo-choo turned around to see. He quickly let his shirt fall back over the wound. Ah, uh, nothing. He squeaked. Tattle opened her mouth to argue further, but the choo-choo interrupted by charging after Link. Hey, get back! Link swung his sword threateningly, and the choo-choo stopped for a moment to reconsider. Tattle flew back and forth in front of its face to regain its attention. Hey! Stupid red blob! Yeah, that's right, you! It started following her again, and Link made sure to keep up, though the throbbing in his chest never faded. Skull Kid! The purple fairy flew over South Clock Town's wall and went to the top of the clock tower. 607 ticked closer to 08 as it continued its never-ending rotation. When Tail reached the tower's peak, he thought the moon looked a little closer. Ah, oh, that's not a good sign, Tail thought. I'm back! The fairy exclaimed, looking around for the Skull Kid. That horse won't be getting out anytime soon! Tail quickly noticed that he was alone, which also wasn't a good sign. Oh, the Skull Kid told me to meet him here at sunrise, Tail remembered. I'm only seven minutes late. Tail did one last circle, but there was no sign of the imp. Where is he? Tail wondered. The Skull Kid had been acting odd these past few days, but not odd enough to explain disappearing. Tail decided to head for the mountains. The imp went there often, for reasons he and Tattle had never quite understood. The Deku scrub finished tying the bag firmly to a tree trunk. The choo-choo pulled relentlessly against its leash, appearing to have an inexhaustible supply of energy. Link walked to a smooth boulder in the forest, falling on its large, cool surface. A few rays of light dotted him from above the treetops. Hmm, not a bad spot, Tattle said, flying to join him. They'd earned a break after several hours of walking. Even without my shield, that bag and sword are heavy, Link thought. Deku scrubs clearly weren't made to be pack mules. Tattle probably needed rest from being choo-choo bait just as badly. So, Mr. Adventure Expert, she said. Just how many times have you ventured through a forest all heroically? Link realized that's exactly how Tattle had met him, venturing through a forest. The day she, her brother, and the Skull Kid scared me off my horse and robbed me. I grew up in a forest, Link explained, curling into a ball around his slowly emerging chest wound. He tried his best to hide the pain from Tattle. That's why I wear this tunic. The Kokiri... We're forest children that are never supposed to leave the woods, and we're supposed to have our guardian fairies forever. We also don't pay, we also don't age past childhood. The big downside, apparently, is that we die if we ever try to leave the forest. Really? Tattle said, resting on the rock beside Link. They both managed to tune out the choo-choo struggling to break free, shield and boots bobbing inside of its body. How come you didn't die? Was that the name of the forest we were in? The Kokiri Forest? Uh, no, the Deku scrub squeaked. And the Kokiri lied to me about being one of them. Or 
maybe most of them didn't know either. That's why I didn't die when I left the forest. And why I didn't have a guardian fairy until I needed one to save Hyrule. My mother brought me to the forest to hide me from a war in Hyrule. The Deku tree was the Kokiri guardian who raised me away from the fighting. I didn't find out until I was older when the Deku tree asked me and Navi to save Hyrule from an evil sorcerer named Ganondorf. Well, commented Tattle. That's a mouthful. And you and Navi stopped this evil sorcerer guy with the obnoxious name? And then she left you? Link took a moment to answer. Yes, he said, but he wasn't sure what else to add. It feels weird to say it so bluntly, he thought, though that's exactly what had happened. They stopped Ganon, and then Navi left. You know, Tattle said, that offer I made back in Clocktown still stands, even if you didn't really acknowledge it then. For me to help you find Navi after we stop the Skull Kid? Link looked up at her, smiling. Thanks, Tattle. I hope we make it out of this and get to do that. I'd like to see Hyrule anyways, Tattle admitted. From the way you talk about it, it sounds better than this rat hole kingdom. At least you've left Termina before. Most people here don't seem to know anything about Clock Town, but you definitely left when you were in the forest with the Skull Kid. Hmm... Tattle pondered, looking off into the trees. I guess so. I'm not even sure how we did it. What direction do those underground tunnels go in anyways? The end of the swamp is uncharted forest. No one's ever crossed the ocean to the west. The canyon eventually becomes an uncrossable gorge, and then on the other side of the mountains... When she trailed off, Link sat up eagerly. What's on the other side of the mountains? Tattle waved a hand to dismiss whatever troubled thought had caught her off guard. It's where the Skull Kid goes ever since he got that mask. Something there must help him feel stronger because he goes whenever he's hurt. I honestly don't know what it looks like since Skull Kid never lets us see it. He says, we're not ready. I honestly don't care enough to see for myself. Maybe we could go there next, after the swamp. Tail said to find the floor from the swamp. Mountain, ocean, and canyon, right? He did, but we don't have to go to the other side of the mountains, Tattle corrected. I'm sure whoever we're looking for is in the mountains and not across the border. I don't understand why everyone here is so afraid of crossing Terminus borders. There's plenty of world out there. <sighs> well, we, we, we can go if you really want to, Link. I just think that... I don't know... Tattle was uncharacteristically flustered and speechless. She always has a comeback ready, Link thought. Something was off about this other side of the mountain story. Sorry, I I'm just curious, I guess. Link apologized, pressing his hand down over his chest's burning scar. I I'm gonna take a nap. You can too. I'm sure our day of walking has only just started. That sounds good to me, Link. The Deku scrub closed his eyes, and Tattle floated to lie on the rock's other end, still deep in thought. I think we should take turns, the fairy suggested, dodging another leap from the choo-choo. 
Tattle guided its floppy forest floor excursion the entire way. Absolutely nothing had changed about the creature during its pursuit, and the shield and boots thankfully hadn't deteriorated while suspended inside of it. They'd been traveling for hours since their break, taking a direct path through the trees. The setting sun no longer bared down from the above canopy. They'd taken note of the wildlife. Several keese, gways, two other choo-choos, and one wolfos. But they had either passed by without notice, or received only a threatening glare. Link followed the leaping red blob and fairy with much less enthusiasm than earlier. He still carried his sword in his left hand, and the bag in his right, balled up and serving as the end of the leash. The straps loosely dangled between him and the choo-choo, and the creature never looked back to notice its true master, which he was grateful for. The scar was becoming an overwhelming burden, flaring from his human form. Is that a no? Tattle asked. You won't take turns with me? Link managed a faint smile. If I could fly, sure. Tattle had perfected her job as choo-choo bait, maintaining an ideal distance at all times. I think we should name him. He's become a worthy contender for spot number three on our time-traveling squad. I mean, look at him. So much determination. How do you know that choo-choo is a he? I don't, Tattle admitted. Good point. I imagine choo-choos don't have much use for gender. But they still need a name. Floppy. Chewy. Bloody Mule. Tattle stopped when she noticed Link sulking again. He winced at his next few steps. Are you sure you're okay, Tikuhead? Yeah, Tattle. I'm fine. Just a little sore from when Bubble Brain knocked me over. Tattle didn't seem to buy it, but she still let him get away with the lie. Huh. Bubble Brain, huh? I like it. What do you think, Mr. Choo Choo? Its only response was to continue flopping after the fairy. Bubble brain it is! Eventually, they found a clearing. It was the end of the dense forest, and it marked the beginning of a tall, pointed plateau. Two passages ran on either side of the plateau. Leftward offered more forest, while the right was barren. Before the plateau, the clearing offered only a few tall, dead trees. Uh. Well, Link said, trying to ignore his chest pain. He refused to lift his oversized shirt to see how bad it gotten. Which way? Um, Tattle stammered. They both ignored Bubble Brain's angry battle against the eye stem leash. I think... right. I'm liking the forest-free change in scenery. They only made it a few steps before a creature howled behind them. The Deku Scrub's blood froze, as did the Choo-Choo's. For the first time since that morning, Bubble Brain ended its pursuit to tremble in fear. The howl came from the tree line. Link recognized it. I've battled against that howl way too many times in Hyrule. But never as a Deku Scrub, especially one that was once again fatally injured. We should hurry, Tattle said worriedly. I don't like the sound of that thing. Link gripped his sword tighter, turning away and pulling on the leash. Uh, come on, Bubble Brain! The red creature remained frozen, still trembling in place. Link tugged several times, but the choo-choo was too afraid. Come on! Link pleaded, pulling even harder. It'll eat you! 
If you just stand there. We have to go, Bubble Brain, Tattle said, tempting the choo-choo by flying in front of its face. It worked, and the choo-choo resumed chasing after Tattle, completely forgetting the scary howl. That's better, Mr. Choo-Choo. It's what you were born to do. Carry a baby's grown-up shield and boots. They took the plateau's right path, bordered by rocks on their left and more forest on their right. A second call oh. sounded only a few steps in. The choo-choo froze again, and Link let out a wail of aggravation. <sighs> His aggravation was short-lived when he spotted the black-haired wolfos behind him. It sat at the edge of the forest, wielding bright yellow eyes. It was a massive creature with huge paws and a long snout. Long, sharp teeth were bared. It was on all fours staring at the three meals a couple hundred feet away, all doe-eyed in the distance. Uh, I don't think this one's just passing by, Tattle said. The wolf creature released another powerful howl into the early twilight. There was no movement at first. Link remained absolutely still, as did Tattle and the petrified Choo-Choo. Link, Tattle whispered, barely moving her lips. What? It might just walk away, Link replied. Wait for it to make the first move before we start running. It has its teeth bared, and a red blob, an injured baby, and a dainty fairy aren't very intimidating. Ah, uh, good point. So he spun around, running with a leash in hand. However, the choo-choo didn't respond when the straps pulled taut. Bubble Brain still stared at the monster with wide eyes, even as the beast sprinted toward them. Link didn't waste any time coaxing it to follow. He dropped the leash and ran. Bubble Brain turned to join them far too late, hopping desperately after Link and the fairy. Ah! Tattle exclaimed. Why are you never a human when you need to be? The wound on Link's chest seared as he ran. Each step sent a sharp pain burning directly through him, and he couldn't keep up his pace. Eventually, the dark magic was too much, and he screamed out as it overwhelmed him. <coughs> that horrible night atop the clock tower abruptly flashed through his mind with each slowing step, though they weren't his memories. He was the Skull Kid. He saw the ocarina in his human hand from far away, and he was horrified that there was magic to defy him. It healed him, the imp realized, and it sent him back in time. I have to kill the boy now. One bolt of lightning will do the trick. Then I can finally escape this wretched place. Link! The voice was faint. The Skull Kid hardly heard it as he summoned all of the dark magic he could into his fingertips. The fool was so distracted, crying miserably about a dead friend. Link! Get up! The fairy. It had noticed. The Skull Kid quickly released the lightning before she could warn him. That stupid boy was only turning his head when... Link! What are you doing? He suddenly awoke. He lay on the grassy floor, face up and staring at the darkening sky. His chest hurt immensely and he stirred as if from a nap. The urgency in Tattle's voice reminded him they were in trouble. You can't just collapse when an angry wolf is chasing us! Get up! 
He looked past the fairy to see the beast charging in between the plateau and the forest. The wolfos had just reached the wide-eyed choo-choo, hopping as fast as it could. A giant paw swiped Bubble Brain without slowing its pace. The red glob burst into clumps of crimson jelly, splattering the grass as if it had never been alive. The wolfos continued unrelentingly, trampling over the now exposed and Bubble Brain coated shield and boots. Link jumped to his bare feet and ran. The clearing ended at a shoreline. The water was muggy, dirty and green, about the size of a pond and bordered by a cliff. A wooden pier sat where the grass gave way to water, running until it reached a taller platform that supported a small hut. The only way to reach the building was to cross the pier and climb a ladder at the platform's base. Link ran directly for the pier. Once he climbed the ladder, the wolfos couldn't reach him. Hurry! Tattle encouraged, but he'd hardly taken his first few steps when the wolfos panting was on his neck. <laughs> and so he swung around, bringing his sword hand up. It was perfectly timed. As the beast reached for his back, sprinting full speed, it met with the shining blade. The sword sliced into its jaw as the wolfos dodged too late. The beast landed on its feet in an awkward stumble, howling in pain as the deep cut shone with blood. Spots of it made a dotted path between it and Link. Link didn't halt his run for the ladder, keeping his bloody sword at the ready. The wolfos recovered quicker than expected, and when Link turned around to attack again, the wolfos smacked the sword out of the Deku scrub's hand. Link's thin arms weren't strong enough to resist. The wolfos latched both paws into the young child's shoulders and pinned him to the ground. Link shrieked when his sword hand, chest, and now crushed shoulders all burned at once. <coughs> the two were face to face, and the wolfos reared its head back to tear out his throat. Link released an uncharged green bubble before it could, coating its face in only a small amount of sludge. The wolfos let go regardless as its paws went up to scrape the poison off. <clears throat> I can't keep going, Link thought, but he pushed onward. He leapt onto the pier on all fours, scrambling to his feet as he ran for the ladder. His little feet pattered lightly and unevenly as he sprinted with a limp. Somehow, his chest caused more pain than anything else, even though it hadn't been injured by the wolfos. It intensified, and he once again found his consciousness slipping away. He saw himself, tattle and tail, huddled together on the edge of the clock face of the tower. The sky was red and filled with fire, and the Skull Kid floated far above as he witnessed the Deku Scrub playing the ocarina. No! The imp thought. I'll smash them to bits with magic they've never seen before! The image of the ladder broke through the memory. He could hear Tattle screaming in the background, though he couldn't make out the words. As he reached out for the rungs, the image of the Deku Scrub and the two fairies returned. Except this time, he was flying quickly toward them, raising his arms to blast them into oblivion. He'd strike them down before that boy could finish his song. However, the purple fairy rammed him unexpectedly in the gut. Link jolted awake when his hand almost slipped from the ladder. He had been halfway up, but the whole thing shook violently. The first thing he saw was Tattle, already at the top of the platform, egging him onward. 
Link looked down and saw the wolfos tearing at the ladder. It ripped its massive claws through the wood as if it were paper, intent on revenge. Its jaw bled and its enraged eyes ignored the green sludge sliding into its lopsided mouth. The damage shook the entire structure, threateningly to fling Link into the water. He gripped desperately to the unsteady rungs. Each stride of Link's arm pained his chest more than the last. Come on, take your head! Tattle exclaimed. I'm getting help! She flew out of sight, now hidden by the platform's underside. Link gasped when the ladder jerked violently again. Only one hand managed to hold on, and he tried to return his feet, but that part of the ladder had dissolved away. There were no longer any rungs below him. Link hoisted his entire weight with the one arm, raising his other one to grab the next rung. The ladder stopped shaking. The wolfos had demolished the lower part, and now it jumped and snapped its jaws at the empty air below the Deku scrub's feet. Thankfully, the upper half of the ladder had held together, so there was no way it could reach him now. Link lifted his legs as high as he could, bringing them up as he climbed the rest of the way. The wolfos was furious, madly barking at the Deku scrub who'd escaped. Link pulled himself onto the platform and immediately collapsed. He didn't think he could reach the door. He panted as his chest seared alongside his swimming head. The hut's door was open, and a heavy bearded man stepped out. His torso was bare of any clothing except for an open leather jacket. His skin was tanned, his arms were powerful, and his stomach was large. The tall man looked worriedly at the small child crumpled at his doorstep. Tattle flew out from behind him. Link, one of the witches was supposed to be here, but she's not here right now. Link moaned, and Tattle flew down to his level. <sighs> Tattle, he said weakly. Link used his remaining strength to flip onto his back. He slipped his arms out of the tunic and pushed it down to reveal his chest. His human chest's black mark had now almost completely taken over his Deku scrub form. It looked deep, and its many branches snaked far. It was a scar that not even the power of his Deku mask could hide. Link, how long has it been like that? Is that why you've been acting weird all day? Go was Link's only answer. Yet, the witches, no. He tried to say more, but words failed him. The Deku scrub's vision faded. His last image was of the large man bent over him. What's wrong, kid? Suddenly, he was in dazzling sunlight on top of the clock tower as he looked down on a Deku scrub and fairy. They were on the plaza floor, walking toward the town gate. I will find you, and I will kill you, and I will end this world in fire. The two traveled through Hyrule Field, accompanied only by the wind and the horse's hooves thumping onto grass. They eventually reached the modest village of Kakariko, which rested in Death Mountain's valley. Link passed through slowly on his horse. The guard recognized his Kokiri clothing instantly. Good day, hero. Is there anything you need? No, he said. Just passing through. Link and Zelda had spent a lot of time with the Kuko Keeper here, who was their closest friend. I have to say goodbye to her, too, Link thought. Epona stopped at the two-story house. He slid from his saddle tied the horse's reins to the post out front, and then knocked on the front door. 
It's Link. Come in, replied a young voice. Link turned the door's unlocked handle and pushed it open. His eyes found a young woman with shoulder-length, dark red hair resting around her ears. She sat with her back to the front door, facing the fireplace on the small home's other end. Her head was tilted into her lap, hanging low before the crackling fire. Link stepped through the doorway, closing it behind him as the buckles on his scabbard creaked. He stood there silently at first. She never turned to greet him. Hi, he tried eventually, taking a few steps closer. His boots clunked on the wooden floor. Hi, she replied sadly. Link stopped when he reached her chair, waiting for her to speak next. I guess you're leaving then. Yes, Link said. You won't change your mind? I can't. She stood up, setting down the object that had been in her lap, a picture of a young, handsome man that Link instantly recognized. She wrung her hands together as she searched for more words. Thank you for saying goodbye one last time. I won't be gone forever, Link added. I wouldn't leave you and Zelda behind for that long, especially since... He trailed off. I know. Link turned to leave, but he stopped before he reached the door. And Anju? Yes, she said. I'm sorry, I know I've already said that, and I know words don't help at all right now, but I, I truly am. No one expected him to die like that. Cafe was a good man. I know, Anju said. She had nothing more to add, and neither did Link, so he left. I'm starting to get worried. Link heard a voice, but it sounded far away. He struggled to focus from behind his closed eyes. Tattle, Link recognized. Is this another dream? He'll wake up when he feels like it, stupid fairy. Just give him time. This second voice was unfamiliar and high-pitched. Don't call me a stupid fairy, you stupid hag. Tattle yelled back. I'll stop calling you a stupid fairy as soon as you stop calling me a stupid hag. The second voice screeched back. There was a cacophony of banging and clanking as the second person worked relentlessly. I'm done calling you a stupid hag. Then I'm done calling you a stupid fairy. You just called me a stupid fairy, you stupid hag. Have you forgotten that your friend's life is in my hands? The second voice retaliated. This is very dark magic. If I were to stop treating him, he'd be as dead as that choo-choo you befriended. This caused Tattle to shut her mouth until the second voice exhaled one last insult. <laughs> Stupid fairy. Hey. <sighs> Tattle. Link breathed. He spoke with human lips. The mask had been removed. Link! Tattle exclaimed. About time, too. The second voice mumbled from further off. I was getting sick and tired of you talking in your sleep. You do that a lot, you know, Cafe this and Anju that. And that Skull Kid stole my horse. Navi left me. Seriously, you might want to fix that. Anyone that sleeps next to you will know every dirty secret in that soft skull of yours. Hey, he's injured. 
Tattle said. He can't help it. Oh, my bad. I didn't realize he was hurt. Maybe that explains why I've been working for hours. While you keep uselessly nagging about your friend that's supposed to save the world. It's true. Oh, really? Well, if that skull kid can kill your savior at the flick of a wrist, he'd better be shooting light arrows out of his butt before he tries to kill that imp again. Link finally opened his eyes. Tattle had already left his side to continue the argument. They were inside of a wooden shack, as rickety and old as the one he'd pass out in front of. But I don't think this is the same one, Link thought. The room seems smaller, and that man isn't here. Objects were cluttered messily throughout this half of the building. Used pots and pans, jars filled with herbs, tattered books in odd languages, blankets and cauldrons, and then the bed he lay on, pushed against the wall amidst the ocean of possessions. The building's halfway point was marked by a counter, and on its other side, the area was neatly kept. That size for visitors, Link realized. It contained a single couch against the wall for sitting and the only door into and out of the shack. The argument between Tattle and the stranger took place behind him, which surprised Link, because there was only a microscopic amount of space outside his field of vision. He attempted to lift his head from the dusty pillow, stirring beneath the blanket. He found an old woman up against the back wall in a chair. There was a cauldron in her lap, and she stirred into it, crouched over its steaming contents. Her eyes were large and wide, and a long, crooked nose almost touched the contents within the black pot. Her long white hair stuck straight up. She wore a shawl over loose frayed clothing. Her entire body was rather small and fragile, bundled up underneath her clothes on top of the chair. A blue gem was on her forehead, appearing engraved rather than loosely attached for decoration. He doesn't have to shoot light hours out of his butt, Tattle said. Link sighed, turning to rest his head back on the pillow. The old witch never looked up from the cauldron. Even when she argued back, she concentrated on the powders and liquids that needed adding instead, completely enraptured by the red bubbling potion. I disagree, the witch said. That would be far too amusing and effective. <laughs> he has the only weapon he needs, Tattle replied. His ocarina is ten times more powerful than the Skull Kid will ever be. Link gasped. <gasps> My ocarina! He immediately sat straight up. His messy, blonde head was bare of any hat. His chest seared with pain at the movement, and Link clutched it once the covers fell from around his shoulders. His chest was bare, revealing the gross black scar burnt into his light skin. It was as large as before, but it was no longer red in the center. It scarred over since his fateful encounter with the imp's dark magic. Oh, whoa, now, Mr. Hero, the witch said putting her cauldron down on a cluttered shelf and crossing over to his bedside. She pushed him down to lay flatly, and Link had no strength to resist, squeezing his eyes shut. I... I forgot my ocarina in the bag, Link explained, as the witch tossed the covers back over him. I dropped it when the choo-choo wouldn't follow, and... Don't worry, the witch said, hopping back into her chair and scooping up her cauldron. I grabbed all your stuff, 
Your shield and boots, too. That Wolfos won't be causing you any more trouble, either. <laughs> she cackled madly, as if she'd done something truly horrible to the beast. And you're pretty lucky to have brought that red choo-choo with you. I've been running low on supplies lately, and without that jelly, it would have taken me a lot longer to heal you. You would have done it even quicker if you weren't wasting your time mocking me, Tattle said. Link sighed again, throwing the covers over his face and ears. She is gonna get us kicked out of here, Link thought. Wasting my time! The witch screeched back, this time setting her cauldron aside. All you've done is complain! Constantly! You haven't done a useful thing since flying up to my doorstep and begging for help! The fairy didn't have a response, backing away as the witch leapt back into the chair and continued her work. I can't believe it! I don't see how you live with her, fairy boy! I'd have showed her the back of my hands long before now! Blessed silence replaced the argument. Link removed the covers when the fighting didn't continue. He saw the witch still busily working, and then looked back at Tattle to see her staring hatefully at the old woman. <clears throat> so, Link said, clearing his throat. He was surprised by how much better he felt. Can you take the black mark away completely? No, no, I don't know if anyone could do that, <laughs> the witch answered, tossing the dirty wooden spoon across the room when she was done. She pulled a heavy tome close and flipped open to a page somewhere in the middle. What's happened to you is very dark, darker magic than I've ever seen before. What do you mean? Link asked. I mean that it's not just a mark, it's a curse! Some of the dark magic is still inside of you. You and your ocarina, mind you. Where the black marks are, I'm not sure what that means yet. But it's not going away. It could spread, it could corrupt you, it could kill you, it could do nothing. I'd love to keep you locked up and observe exactly how your body deteriorates. But agency, free will, ethics, blah, 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 blah. All I can really do is make sure the attack's initial impact doesn't kill you. And that's it. She stopped at a page, looking down at it carefully before sighing. She slammed the book shut and tossed it behind her. I don't understand how that little imp got so I've seen him messing around here like an idiot plenty of times. It's why the swamp has been poisoned and the temples have gone mad. The swamp's poisoned? Link asked. He pushed away the thought of a deadly curse in his chest for the time being. Not around here, but further down it is, she explained, lying back in her chair as she closed her eyes. What did you do to make him so angry? He always messed around like a child, but I've never seen him outright murder. And obviously, that big chunk of rock in the sky hasn't caught your eye, Tattle mumbled. What's that? The witch asked. Nothing, she said, smiling to herself. Exactly right, nothing! Meaningless, worthless noise! I'm surprised something Stop your tongue from dirtying the world with your speech. 
Tattle's smile faded instantly, but the witch kept going before the fairy could reply. So, fairy child, what is it that you and this imp have against each other? Oh, he's not going to come after me now that I've helped you, is he? Uh, no, Link said carefully. At least, I don't think so. Then why'd he shoot you in the chest with enough energy to kill you? Because he... Link realized he wasn't sure why. He sifted through his memories on the clock tower, but there was still no explanation. I honestly don't know. I, w I was talking to Tattle, and then she yelled my name just in time for me to see him trying to kill me. The witch looked up at him thoughtfully. We never thought about that before, Link considered. Of all the talking we've done about that night, we never considered why the Skull Kid tried to kill me so suddenly. So you've had no quarrel with him before? The hag inquired, her frail body scooped up on top of the chair. A stranger tried to you both while you were having an innocent little chat N no link corrected still staring at the ceiling the covers were scratchy and old but it was still comforting to have them over him we were going to the top of the clock tower to try and stop him from destroying clock town with the moon the moon <laughs> burning a permanent curse into someone with unknown Powerful properties is one thing, but using the moon to destroy a town! He wishes! <laughs> no one is that powerful! Now, you see it outside the window, right? Tattle said. It's a lot bigger than it was a week ago, and it has a face now. Doesn't that strike you as a little bit odd? It's not the imp's fault, though! The witch cried back. No single creature could obtain that! What are you talking about? Tattle yelled back. How else do you think it got like that? Uh, well, a magical imp is the only explanation for that, is it? What else could Tattle? Link interrupted, looking at the fairy. It's because we're talking about the wrong thing. It's not the Skull Kid. Tattle summoned immense willpower to back down from the witch, turning to face her friend. What do you mean, Link? Instead of answering the fairy, he turned to the witch. Have you ever heard of Majora's Mask? The witch's playful tone instantly vanished. Her eyes widened, and she let her feet fall from the chair and touched the floor. Are you trying to say that Majora's Mask is responsible for giving the imp his powers? Link thought carefully before answering. She was suddenly on high alert making both Link and Tattle slightly afraid. Should I lie? Link wondered. Will she hurt me? He decided against lying. If they avoided ever discussing the mask, they could never truly face it. Yes, he finally answered. I've seen it myself, on the imp. How would you know what Majora's mask looks like? The witch yelled at the top of her lungs. She leapt from the chair to be face to face with him. The boy shrank underneath the covers. I, I don't, Link admitted, gulping. And don't you dare suggest something as dark and terrible as that! She yelled into his face. She then looked away to take breaths and calm herself. I've 
seen the imp wear a mask too. But never, never did I think. She spun back around to face him. Majora's mask was a terrible thing. A legend dating back many, many years ago. My people weren't a part of the tribe who created it. But ours was a sister tribe long ago. I've heard and read very dark stories recorded from those days. The one tribe using it in its hexing rituals had awoken a power that they did not fully comprehend. It was our collective decision to lock it in a realm far away where it could never escape and realize its full potential. And that's it. Majora's mask is gone, and you will never mention it again! A mask salesman I met claims to have found it. Link dared to say, he lost Majora's mask when the Skull Kid robbed him. No, he did not! The witch suddenly yelled again, jumping to her feet and bringing her nose an inch away from his. That wretched relic is history! It doesn't exist in this world and never will again! Link gulped, deciding to remain silent after that. The witch walked away angrily grabbing a small bowl and dipping it in the cauldron. She handed its contents to Link. Drink this now, she demanded. When you can stand on your legs, you'll repay my favor by going into the woods and finding my sister. <laughs> <laughs>